Welcome to episode 209 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 209 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? Sensational, and you? Yes, you, what I liked about the way you said sensational was the, the enthusiasm you oh, had yeah. when you said it. Oh, yeah. it. It was like a league commentator. Sensational. Sensational. I'm really, I'm, you know what I am, John? What are you? Sensational. Hey, Sterling, <laughs> take a bow. Okay, uh, I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com It's a beautiful, tasty thing. And Athlinks.com It's a beautiful, friend-filled thing. Yes, indeed. And uh, this week's show, what's happening this week's show, John? Well, let's have a look. We've got a bit of news. We've got a website of the week. We've got an age grouper of the week. We've got Coach's Corner. What's more no, of an no. interview? Yeah, we've got an interview. Yeah, Thank who with? Jonas Colting. So for those of you who don't know about Jonas Colting, what's a bit of a, a quick update? Two-time Ultraman World Champion, uh, and he's been on the podium several times at the World Long Course Triathlon Champs, the ITU version, and finished second to Cameron Brown, Ironman New Zealand. And okay. he's just, just, yeah, one year, I came off the bike with him and ran with him for a bit. Um, and just a guy who's pretty switched on in terms of marketing himself and... Uh, and it seems to have set up a good business on the side of triathlon, and we'll hear more about what he's been up to in terms of his racing um, when we talk to him shortly. Nice. Uh, and then we've got a couple of questions and answers at the end. News is brought to you by xtry.com. Get on there to check out the last news, reviews, and interviews of the stars, but not much in regards to Ironman this weekend, John. Last, last weekend, no Ironman racing, but uh, this weekend coming up, no WTC Ironmans, but uh, we have the Iron Cat race in Spain, which is an iron distance race, and Jared Walbridge sent us an email saying he's heading over there. Sounds like um, quite a cool little race. He says they actually limit the field to 226 people, which is the distance in kilometres of, of an Ironman. Oh, okay, cool. So, cool. Ooh, have we got one of our interviews happening? No, it's just Skype does that thing sometimes. Yeah. And anyway, that's coming up this weekend. So he says um, it seems to be a well-organised race. He hasn't obviously been over there and done it yet, but uh, he said it's... Flat and fast, six laps. Six laps on the bike and a run. Mm. But you see, one of the cool things is they emailed out um, all the information from the organisers, and it sounds like they've got fantastic aid stations, which uh, is great, and they've got a different, three different variety of gels and stuff, so if you get sick of one flavour, you can switch over. So we'll look forward to hearing from Jared about what that race is like, because it's not a race we've covered in the past, um, because it's probably usually written up in Spanish. Okay, well, uh, that's pretty much race news, but other news, uh, Germany 70.3 is going to be the European Championships. Did you read the article? I did. It was interesting, I found that now they've got 44 70.3 races around the world. That's a lot. Yeah, and, and I think what they're doing is great. You know, they're, they're going to have a, a US-American Championships, which Asia they had. Pacific. Asia Pacific, and a European one, and, and it looks like the prize money is going to be better at, at those races than the standard 70.3, so... I think it's um, it's a step in the right direction, um, and and I like what they're doing. Do you think with forty four races, the pro field's just going to get week and week? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. and um, but you know, for, for them, it's a business, and uh, I think the positives outweigh the negatives. I think we can sit around and, and bag at WTC all the time, but I think um, you know, this it's taking oh, yeah, off. Got you, races on. You, you, they're getting, they're lifting the profile of the the, the events. We're talking about 
more races. You know, for us to go out and find all the details of independent half Ironmans is really difficult, but these races are now getting coverage. The pros are getting better coverage, so it's going to help them get sponsors. The money seems to be um, improving, so there's more races with a little bit of money, and, and that, that may end up creating a bit more depth, um, and you may get more uh, of the short course guys uh, coming out. Uh, all 70.3 is the same money? Uh, Obviously, you've got the I, ones I, like the European champs and the American champs will have more money, but is just stock standard mm. always the same? I'm pretty sure they have um, minimum standards, and, and that's something like what Challenge does as well. So that you know, if you're putting on a race, you have to have X amount of prize money, and I'm not yep. exactly sure how much that is, but um, I'm, I'm almost certain that that is the case. So, yeah, I think um, this, this, it's in Weisenbaden where they've, they've already been running the 703 Germany for for a little little bit. Uh, sounds like a tough little course, you know, a hilly course, which is fantastic, and you need that for a championship race. So um, I think we're good. I think it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Ver- the standard of the field versus, say, the um, ETU European Long Distance Champs, where you actually have to get selected by your country and you're going racing for your country. Whereas this is you're basically just doing just yourself. You yep. qualify. I don't know if you have to qualify. You probably will. But, but is the European different. ETU champs are they very strong? Uh, for, at age group level, it, it is reasonably strong, and it's an, for, for for say the short course. It's a really important race because a lot ETU, of the ETU uh, ETU is a European Triathlon okay. Union. So the European champs for European athletes is is fairly important. Um, but the big thing is you get selected for your country. So you go over there and race for Great Britain. So you get the, the yeah, team kit and all yeah. that. And that's a cool thing. That sells it, doesn't it? Yeah. Because so you can say you represent your country. I'll be interested to see how, how it compares um, for, for age group athletes as well as pros. Okay. Well, the big news really this week is uh, there's been an article on Slow Twitch about show me the money, honey. And uh, it's caused up a bit of a stir around this internet world that we live in. And uh, we thought we'd just quickly talk about the, the article first of all. So it was, There's two articles. Yeah, so and, we'll talk about the first one first. And I, I pulled up the first one and, and was reading through it. And, uh, and I was, I was reading, reading thinking, well, there's a few, uh, bit, of, bit of naming here going yeah, on. I was thinking, oh, that's, that's a bit full on. So basically the gist of it is... Um, well, I've even written out names and points. Yep, Paul Newby Fraser has been quoted in the article um, because pros have been sort of saying, look, this, this, this 8% rule which have changed this year. It used to be to get prize money, you have to finish within 8% of seconds. Yep. And that seemed to work pretty well. You know, you'd generally yeah, it seemed odd that they changed it. It does. You know, when I finished, say, 10th at Ironman New Zealand, um, I was within 8% of, of seconds. Second. So you got your 500 so bucks. Got money. But now um, they've changed it so it's within 8% of first, and the prize money is bulked up for the top five, um, but you've still got to finish within the top top. Uh, within eight percent, so they're, they're no longer paying sort of ten deep at most races. Um, so it's an interesting thing, and what we're finding is pe- a lot of people are missing out on prize money. So, it was, it was, there was a couple yeah. of things interesting about the article and pulling new Fraser side of things. One, was, one that I found really interesting was that she basically just said, "Look, the company have done this, so I will never question." And I, and I thought, "Wow, you're a good company lady, aren't you?" Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And maybe she, in the PR, she can't really be looked to question to actually make that statement. I thought was quite interesting, you know. Yeah, it was just yeah, a real company lady type of thing. But she went on to say... Um, she kind of named... Um, a couple of names. Yeah. But but one thing that, that was changed that was not initially in place was when it first the started... Redistribution. The redistribution. If, 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 say, only two or three people got prize money, um, the rest of the money, say, for fourth and fifth, would just disappear. They quickly changed that, and then the money that is not paid out was then redistributed to the other athletes. So example's sake was at St Croix, Kat- Katrina Morrison um, won. Um, the prize money was not paid out all the way because uh, I think maybe fourth and fifth didn't finish within five within 8%. So her prize per- purse got um, bumped up. And 
And Paul Newby Fraser then said, well, if the pros are all complaining, why didn't Katrina, Mor- uh, Katrina Morrison just, just slow down or why doesn't she just um, give some of her money back to fourth and fifth, which is... Yeah, which is a bad call. Yeah. It was kind of children's stuff, wasn't yeah. it? You know, it was kind of like, well, no, 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 no. And then she went on to say, well, why did Belinda Granger um, to the finish. go really hard in China and then eliminate people who finished further down the field? In um, particular, the she, uh, Biscay, who they're quite good friends. Yeah. But that's where the story starts to get juicy. Well, let's, let's, before we get to the juicy part, other points in the, in the article was that Chrissy's actually not supporting a new way of thinking. Um, she brought up a few good points, but Julie Dibbins actually brought up a good point. When you've got people like Chrissy turning up to a race, why would another female pro turn up? Mm. You know what I mean? And is that good for a sport? Well, a, is it good for Chrissy because she's going to have no competition? Mm-hmm. And B, is it good for the sport where you have no pros turn up? Because Chrissy's okay. going to dominate the field. No one's going to get within 5% of it. Would you race? No, I'd, I would pick and choose, and, and that's what I used to do as a as a sort of third, fourth tier pro when I was doing oh, short mate, course. Second tier, second uh, tier. I used to yeah you know, <laughs> try to find races. I mean, I like to race guys, um, good guys sometimes, but you got to make money. Yeah. So you try to pick races where you thought you could do really well. And no well. one's going to turn up against Christy, are they? And maybe maybe someone well, like Rennie or something like yeah, that. Yeah. If, but... you, if you thought you could finish with an eight percent, you, you'd go. Um, but otherwise, if you're if you're a second tier pro, exactly, why would you? Oh wait, what's Kona? So how far did she win in Kona by? I thought it was like 20 minutes, wasn't it? So 8%... Uh, that's interesting, because that Kona, that will really start to eliminate some people. And that's good prize money in Kona. Yeah. And so... Yeah. She dominates in Kona, yeah. doesn't she? She's, like, she's miles ahead of anybody she's 20, else. You'd say... Uh, we'll, we'll pull out the results. We'll come back and pull out the results on that later in the show. Okay, so other quick things about Chrissy was one thing that she made out in the next article we looked at. It takes four months for her to get paid for Kona. That's ridiculous, eh? And that's what I would say, and I've only ever been paid once by WC. I've only ever qualified for money in Taupo once, and I would say that's exactly... My mum was only 500 bucks, but yeah. yeah, it took four months. And the argument sometimes is, oh, we've got to do drug testing, but it's like, but I haven't been drug tested, so you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to fall, fall down the rankings. I'm yeah. either going to go up or down. I'm yeah. not going to go down. So you just give me some more money. Yes. But it's a weak argument. Like, drug testing... That's very weak. It's, it's pretty poor. You know, these guys... Athletes aren't making a huge amount of money, and you know they need whatever dollar they can get in their mm-hmm. pocket so they can develop themselves further. And four months for payment—that's that's, that's, that's that's poor. poor. It's really poor. Another point that Christy said she hasn't been tested yet; she hasn't been contacted about testing. Mm. And this is the world champion in our sport, who you know, like it's like I don't actually think Christy's a drug cheat, but she's so phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, you could look at her and think, well, maybe she's a drug cheat, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, WTC, you know, because they're charging $750 now for the pros to get this testing done. Yeah. And it's meant to be out of racing event testing as well. So that was pretty interesting. What else? Uh, Lovato, um, who was Lovato? The, the girl Lovato? Amanda Lovato. Amanda probably. Lovato was talking about how leading into the race that she did last week, was it maybe St. Croix? No, it wouldn't be St. Croix because, oh, yeah, it was probably St. Croix. She was saying she actually didn't mind the, the deal because she kind of thought, well, she knew what it was. But what she found was the sponsors were actually upset with the deal because they were upset about how the pros had been dealt with. Yeah, okay. yeah and she said that she found that real interesting that the um, sponsors, you know, they, we don't want to have bad rep for sponsors because we want as many mm. sponsors in the sports. Um, and, and one of the other things about the article that um, came up was that in the last week's race, the one that Katrina, uh, Katrina. Yeah, Katrina won, um, the females only got the redistribution of the money mm. and the boys didn't so the females that's not fair that's not fair it's sexist yeah <laughs> well the rules meant to be apparently based on this article the rules meant to be that um, it's meant to be redistributed through both fields but yeah. it's, it's not happening so it seems a bit Mickey Mouse and one of the things as we go on to the where um, when we look at Belinda's little comment was that 
even Belinda raced that race and she didn't actually know they were going to do that because they hadn't mm. actually introduced that they are going to redistribute the money. So it seems like they've set these rules, but they're kind of just playing along as they go mm. along. So, yeah, I think that the main point of the second article we have um, was, which was sent in by Neil Scholes, um, was saying that, you know, Belinda had been slagged off by Paul Newby Fraser saying, why didn't she slow down? But at Ironman China, <clears throat> the, the, the redistribution rule wasn't, uh, no, the... You know, Belinda didn't realise that the redistribution would happen. Yeah. Um, for that race, they hadn't yeah. really kind of made out that it would happen, and so. Um, but the thing, the thing um, that's really interesting to me was Cam Brown in the first article. At the end of it, he's, he's in support of it, and the reason he's in support of it because he needs the money. Yeah, he's saying that you know I, I need the money, and I'm one of the top pros in the world, and you know it's 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 a sad state for sport. It's, well, I thought it was. Uh, why break what was seemed to be working quite well? I thought you know if you have eight percent of second, um, I thought that the, the that, field coming into that's pretty pretty that, that's, that's okay. Um, but it just yeah, I think that was a, a better method of doing it, and they've really opened up a big can of worms here. Um, that's that's uh, it's not looking too good. Well, the thing is that the, the guys who are in that kind of maybe eighth to seventh, you know, to eighth kind of you know tenth kind of place. Some of them are never going to get there, okay? Some of them are like you and I were hoping to be, you know, to yeah. have a good race. You know, you've got that. But some of them are upcoming athletes mm-hmm. who, give them four or five years, are going to be the next-tier pros who are going to yep. be the names of our sport. Now, if they're getting no money and no exposure from, this, from the, the governing body of the sport, well, are they going to stay in the sport? No. They're not, because you, you need money to, to do the sport. No, I just think athletes have got to, you know, they, they always go, oh, we need to have a pro union. I, I just cannot see a pro union happening because triathletes are selfish yeah. and they'll always be going after their own, own interests. So and I, and, I just can't and, see it happening. And they don't have time. Yeah. You know, like how, much, how many hours a week do we train? So I can't see that happening. So I just, you know, if I was, in, if I was a pro athlete and I was thinking, right, well, how am I going to make this work? I just probably wouldn't race WTC races. You probably have to qualify somewhere, so you probably would be forced into that. But, yeah, you know, if... Um, if I was going to to Taupo or something, the chances are you wouldn't you know, wouldn't you have to be pretty good to finish in the top five. You yeah, know, you'd be not bad. So I've kind of got this thing. Well, if you're not good enough, tough titties and. Um, well, see, I, I don't agree with that because I kind of think that we've got to think of development of up and coming athletes, and mm. for development of up and coming athletes, they need to be making some money. And even if it's a thousand dollars, that still brings you a race. You know, maybe your flights, maybe your accommodation, and get you racing, <coughs> and hopefully you can get some money on the side. But if those guys are disappearing. You know that does make the fields weaker. It does, but then if you look at it from the WTC's point of view, the race is going to fill regardless of who's who's well, there or the not. Sad thing about sport, and I think it? the people who probably listen to the show, you know, that's say maybe the potentially maybe the slightly more serious ones and and who do follow the sport, yep. whereas probably ninety percent, sixty, yeah. six, I'd say two thirds or three quarters of the field just just, race. just do it, and 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 they're going to enter regardless. So. I suppose that's the overall thing to me is that I've, I find mm. frustrating about WTC is that. They don't necessarily always do what's good for the overall sport. They do what's good for business. And we know it's a business and they're there to make money. But you can still do the right thing for the sport, yeah. can't you? So, so that's, I'm going to skip down to my next point here. One, The races that was on at the weekend, the Rev 3 Series kicked oh, was off actually last on? weekend. Yeah. Oh. It was only an Olympic distance race. So the Rev 3 Series um, has an Olympic variety, don't they? Uh, half um, and they're doing a full. Um, Julie Dibbins won the, the girls' race. Um, and apparently we've been sent through an email that she is racing Kona this year. But she's also doing the, the Rev 
free it's a month before it yeah that's only oh is that a full right that's a full if she's racing the full that's going to be um, a bit detrimental but if she was only, if she was doing the half that would be um, reasonably fair preparation but anyway one thing I just I just flicked onto a picture on um, the competitor triathlete magazine website just so they, and they, they as you said they do the little things seem to do the little things right they've got really good coverage um, then like just notice in the transition behind the bike racks they had like a picture of the the athlete sort of a really nice picture of the athlete sort of on a on a billboard type thing with their name and uh, and it just made it look really cool and trying to they were they were guys that I'd never heard of um, yep. and just trying to give these guys a little bit of profile and I yep. think that's something they're doing well and and that's something that the, the challenge do quite well as um, you know you go into the challenge wrote website and they've got a big list of all the top pros down the bottom with a yeah. so you can put a and a, you have the second tier guys in there but you're still you know. So I think, um, and that's something WTC could do. You know, maybe not offer more money, but well, hopefully offer more money because as Ken Brown was saying, it's been twenty years since the prizes has increased. But it was also offer ways to help expose our athletes. Mm. Like I know when we talked to Bob Babbitt, he said, "Well, you know, it's up to the pro to get out there and blah blah blah." But it's it's up to both. Exactly. You know, the pro definitely has to put their hand up, but at the same time, WTC, if they can look to other ways to help promote athletes as well, mm. Julie Dibbins, if you one thing that Rev Three are doing, which is quite great, is if you win all three, you get a hundred fifty thousand dollar bonus. Right. So she probably will do the four, and if it's a month before Kona, then that could. You know, it is the yeah, it is the month. It's the final one. She should just get on there and rip the swim, absolutely hammer the bike, and, and then, then just cruise, cruise around. Yeah. and that would not take as much out of it. Yeah. Anyway, it, yeah. Okay. It's so. uh, it's interesting stuff. So there's an article on slowtwitch.com. Did, did you look at the field for the Olympics? Which for the Rev Three? Uh, I, I looked at the results. It wasn't it wasn't a bad field. Uh, Matt Reed, I think, won the the guys race. The challenge they have when they put on Olympic distance, if you want to get the top eight, you guys, yeah. it, was a, it was a clash there. Um, but they're, they're, you know they're focused on the America, much more on the American market, and um, I'm sure some of those guys are, are better known than in the states. And, and what I know of them, they're not sort of the ITU stars. I saw Graham O'Grady from New Zealand was racing. Pretty sure Terenzo's name was down there. Um, but Julie Dibbins just seems untouchable at the moment. Wow, I'd love to see the Kona. Mm. It'd be great, you know. You, you've got to put your money on Chrissy still, but and that's the thing. You should get a fairly good head-to-head battle because, you know, someone like Miranda Carfrey, she's always just going to be chasing down and, and seeing how much damage control she can do in the swim and the yeah. and the bike, and then smash the run. Whereas Julie Dibbins would be would be there, and uh, and she may just oh, give it what a crack. Nice could be this year. Okay, we're going to John's uh, ITU rap. No, no, we're going to talk to Jonas. Oh, okay. Or do you want to do your rap? Do your rap. It was very, very quick because I didn't actually watch all the race. Why not? It was perfect time, John. You're going to have your beer o'clock. I was out and then had to. I was, I watched, oh, you I were angry, the weren't you? Race. I watched You're the out somewhere race. and you go, come on, honey, we need to get home. No, no, I was out. I was coaching my little kitties with the, uh, at a running race. <sighs> so, anyway, women's race I didn't get to see, which looked really exciting because. Emma Moffat smoked it off the front on the run, and then they all caught up to her, and it was like a five-way sprint finish in the last K. Who took and, it? Uh, Daniela Reef took it out, but what's they, they didn't give it any coverage on the news. Oh, they did. Oh, oh hard, of this. Like, and the woman won. The yeah. guys they gave lots of. But anyway, it's just going to be really interesting to see how the two Aussie Emmas um, come back because at the moment they're getting beaten. Whereas, you know, twelve months ago they were like two minutes in front of yeah. everybody, and they're obviously both coming back from injury. But I think all the other girls have lifted their game a little bit, and those girls have dropped their game quite a bit because they've been injured. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they come back. And the guys' race was a two-horse um, running race. Um, the won the Olympics, wasn't Fredano it? and Courtney Atkinson put up a really good fight. They just broke away, didn't they? Yeah, they just smashed Courtney Atkinson, just smashed it out of the start of the run, and uh, and just I thought he's going to blow sky high. He just kept going and just lost in a sprint finish. And uh, Bevan came in fifth. 
seventh or eighth. Oh, okay. So a little bit disappointing. So where would he be overall now? He's dropped one place, so I'd say he'll be uh, second, and Andrea Hewitt dropped down to third spot. So um, looked like a cool course there in Seoul. Very, very, very technical on the bike. Was it? Mm. Well, that's good. But does that split up the field? No. Well, you, you speak to Wood. The, the first two races have not had a, some great splits, um, but we just, so we just need to find a bit of a hillier course, and we'll be right. Okay, well, I think we're good to go. Okay, wait. Okay, we'll come back and finish off the news in a minute. You guys won't know. There's a great thing about no, podcasting. We'll just be here in a second. That's right. I love it, John. I love it. Here we go. See, John, they don't know we've lost time. Ooh, and in this time where you guys just... There's been a pause. Not even a pause. We've been doing the hard yards. We've done two interviews, haven't we, John? Not yeah. just one. So, we're both a bit tired now. <laughs> Let's have a sleep. Let's have a sleep. We'll come back and have another, another break. No. Okay, what was our last period of news? I think we had the Epic Five. No, we haven't done that. So, the Epic Five is underway. Do <coughs> you want to check oh, that no, out? No, no, no. We have we talked about Iron Cat. Yep. Have okay, Epic Five. Epic Five. If you want to check that out, go to. We finished now, won't it? Epic Five They're probably just about are actually. Yeah, because well, um, it was on the fifth of the fifth. They were doing five Ironmans on the five different uh, Hawaiian islands, and if you want to check that out, go to Epic Five I know one day they had technical difficulties, and they had to postpone one day because their bikes didn't turn up. And copies of Y. Copies of Y supporting them. But check it out. These guys were um, were doing a big big day. They're, they're heading to Kona today. There you go, had to mine to depths, but we got it done in desperate need of sleep. Thanks. So he's obviously it's finished complete. I want to turn Skype off just while we're here, John. Yeah. So that's the news. Oh no, one other piece of news. One other piece of news. Just John pulled it out of his butt. If you uh, want to get some, if you're a Kiwi and you want to get some cool Avanti cycling gear, they've got a big sale on on AvantiPlus.com. You can get some good deals on Avanti cycling gear. It's not news, John. It's promotion. It's promotion. <laughs> news and promotion. There's at the end. Okay, F-Links. Uh, we're going to F-Links right now for the discussion of the week. And to be honest, I haven't even had a look at it, John. Well, but... hold on. You've got F-Links, but this is a big price draw. Oh, that's right. The Grand Prix. So you need to bring up another page, and we're going to... Uh... Okay, wait. Tell me, I'm, tell me what I'm doing. Okay, you okay, go. Iron Talk? Yep. Yes. And you're going to last week's question. Well, not last week's question, but anybody can go on the. Oh, we've got 26 sheet. people entered. We've got one bonus one. Um, Liam. Uh, Liam we... Dolan. He, he sent an email through um, to the race organisers. He's in the draw as well. So we've got 27. So now we're going to random.org and we're going to do a random number. Okay, so random.org. So because yeah. we don't cheat on this show, John, there's cheat. no favourites. We love everybody. So. Basically, we're going to number one to number twenty-seven. So put in minimum, maximum twenty-seven. Okay. Generate. Oh, wait, how do we how, how do we do this? Can we just, just, just scroll down. And okay, and Liam's twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Okay, ready. Generate. Nineteen. Okay. That's my birthday, John. Okay. Nineteenth of August. Okay. One, two, three. Let's get this right because I hate to get it. Oh no! I'm pushed. I'm pushed to add to. Okay. I tried to order your free amino vital. Yeah, of Athlinks. Okay, so wait a second. Here we go. One, sorry, Fagan, you're too early. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. This is great podcasting. Eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. So, John, just before we announce this person, is that two people? Yes. We're just going to say that's it. We're going with it. We're making a call. You, you make a call, Bevan. Because it's say 27 posts. That's okay. true. It's the 19th post. Good old Ollie. Ollie Jenner. Yeah, the good old sausage man. So, Mr. Sausage. <laughs> Mr. Sausage. What his wife calls him, John. Should we just, clarify, should we just double check that? We, I hate well, to we get can't. We've said it now. It's too yeah. late. Well, if it's not, if it's not the no, 19th. we've made the call. Okay, Ollie Jenner. We, 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 our, our system may not be great, but once we've named the name, okay. you can't dispute it. And he said, um, I met Jim. It's just good old Todd Babington. 
put two posts in, so it was. confused us. But we went on 27 mm-hmm. posts. Didn't I met we, so. Jim at TCR, really nice guy. I'm sure it will be a great event. Um, it's one I would love to do. And Nico Lanos will take the Spanish event just next to his hometown. So there we go. So just just for the for those who don't know what the heck we're talking about, the guys at uh, Tri Grow Triathlon Grand Prix, which is trigrandprix.com, um, are putting on some great races. And from what we hear, they actually are doing great races, aren't they? Yep, doing one in the Half Ironman in the UK and Half Ironman in Spain. And their, their theme is they're really focusing on athlete care. So Ollie Jenner can go and give us some feedback. Um, Ollie will pop will pop you an email. But uh, he's one of Ollie, pop go, us an email. Pop us an email. <laughs> pop us an email. Tend to forget. And you can rate, you can choose which Tri Grand Prix race you want to do. The UK one is coming up pretty soon, and, and the Spain one's later in the year. And if you are considering about doing a race, you know, somewhere in Europe this year, you know, really actually have a look at their website because uh, from what we hear, they are doing some pretty great things. And uh, you know, they're supporting the show, and we're supporting them. And the love is just going around, John, isn't it? That's right. I feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my toes. You know that song? I do know that one. Um, Love, Love Actually. Yes. Oh, it's a romantic movie, John. There you go. Oh, you just went up in my books. Okay, so. I was never down your books, so was I? Well, so just keep you going. Have your moments. Just keep you have your moments. <laughs> Sometimes you, you, you go down. <laughs> this week's one is going to be what we I tried to do a couple of weeks ago, but it got hidden in there. It's really just talking about the 70.3 series. Has it got... Oh, we're going to um, go back to that discussion again. We haven't done it yet. Oh, well, I, was, I thought of a good discussion before, but I've stopped it. Anyway, so this week is... Um, has a 70.3, by expanding so quickly, and as Bevan said, in his fantastic piece, he did 44 races around the world. So my piece, I've been, I've been good with my piece lately, haven't you I? Have, have I gone up in your books? You have gone up in my yes. books. Um, is the 70.3 series getting too big, and is it just getting too diluted? And, and it, That's it. Okay, <laughs> that's it. I think what else did I put down there? <laughs> no, no, you put, oh, there you go, that's it. Okay. Is, it. is it good for the brand that they're having so many races and they just seem to be expanding everywhere, or would they be better just having like a couple of 70.3s in the States and, and a select few in Europe and just one in each country rather than at the moment there's like, I don't know, 20 in the States, and does is that diluting the 70.3 okay, brand? Okay, John, it's probably not our best discussion of all it time. Is, the best. <laughs> really? I think yeah. you sweat down in my books. No, it is the best. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, music. Music on. Here we go. And then we've got Age Group of the Week. Here we go. Age Group of the Week. Oh, good old, who is this one from? Good old Scott Richdale. Oh, I love that name. He'd like to nominate Tom. Let's get it right. Oh, Tony. Tony. <laughs> What's this next year? The Silent Assassin, Edwards for Age Group of the Week. Edmonds. Oh, God. John. Why don't you make the font a bit bigger? And then we no, it's not my... It's, it's really... I'm dyslexic, John. That's why, okay? <laughs> uh, Edmonds for Age Group of the Week. Uh, a very quiet and unassuming character who ticks along with all of his training sessions with little fuss and no ego. Quite an accomplishment in the sport of ours, where ego seems to grow... Ex- how is that one? Expensionally faster... <laughs> Than ability that is kind of true, isn't it? It is. Some people think they're God after one training day, don't they? Mm-hmm. Never us. Uh, if you were chatting to him at the start line, you'd never guess that you're going up to see him. For, you're not going to see him for the rest of the day, or you're only going to see the back of his head. At Ironman New Zealand, he was the first age group out of the water in 49 minutes. Oh, six. Nice. Imagine that running into the changing tent, and there's no bugger there. I can't say I've ever experienced that. What's the fastest you did at Ironman New Zealand? I did uh, 49 high the first year I did it. So that's competitive, and especially when you're leading the swim. So Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, that's the thing. They had their pros in, did they? Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. It out. Not something many of us have to worry about. Uh, had a solid uh, 5.15 on the bike and finished off with a 3.16 run to finish in a 9.27.04. Not bad for Ironman number two. It's Very not nice. bad at all. It's pretty great. Uh, this placed in 26th overall, third in the age group of 25 to 29, and a Kona slot, which he accepted with much excitement. I feel a worthy winner of Age of the week. That is a bloody good effort, isn't it? It's a very balanced race. Obviously, it probably comes from a, a swimming, of a background. swimming background. It's um, what's the best a non-swimmer could ever hope to do? You know, like me, I got down to fifty-three. That was pretty good. Yeah, that yeah. was. Yeah. Well, you look at someone like Chris McDonald. Um, he's come from a non-swimming background. He's sort of got down to about that 50, 50. 51. Yeah. Uh, I can't see. You know, for, for someone who's really a non-swimmer, um, I can't see him getting quicker. That. You, you know non-swimming is quite a big variety. Like for some people, to crack the hour is like almost. A, a, is like. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's yeah. just incredible. Yeah. And um, and people who've got a bit of ability, but don't come with a swimming background, say like you, Chris McDonald, people like that. Yeah. Really, really work on it. Um, you probably get down to a low fifty, but crack fifty if you're a non-swimmer is. Yeah, you've got quite be, some feet. Yeah, yeah. Richard Ash is another good example. Cool, eh? He sort of got to yeah. cool to get under feet. Under he, got, he got to two fifty. Yeah. Um, uh, what's, what's Asher at right now? He's, about 50, he's, isn't he's, it? No, he's a bit a little bit side now. He's more like fifty one, fifty two. Okay, it's a big difference eh, for those guys, eh? Oh yeah. You know, three minutes out of the water, you, you know, you're chasing on the bike. Mm. Um, so it's a very worthy age group of the week, balanced race. You know, it's always nice to get a podium in the age group, so you get to go yeah. down on stage. Five fifteen and a three sixteen. I'd call that a pretty. It'd be interesting to see where that fits in the rankings. I'd say three sixteen is probably comparably a bit better than a five fifteen, but still. What's the best run you did in New Zealand? I've only done New Zealand um, twice, and I think I ran three oh six or something. I think mm-hmm. it was about that for yeah. for maybe yeah something like that. Okay, uh, so Scott Richdale, I did get his name right. He sent it in, and then he sent in Tony, Tony the Edmonds, the silent yeah, assassin. You are age group of the week. Age group of the week. Beautiful. Nice. Uh, website of the week let's put some music on John this is a good website too so let's have some music it is website of the week and good old Nemo Branch sent through this one or Brock Brock because he's done the this yeah. how you announce it thing we like that uh, I wanted to pass along a new resource for folks trying to figure out how to do self-massage. Get your head out of the gutter. Stephen, stop massaging yourself. <laughs> I'm always massaging myself, John. <laughs> well, many of the pros or Olympic athletes have uh, access to a masseuse or a physical, physio, physical therapist, I should say, to work out their kinks and promote recovery. Those services can get pretty pricey for the rest of us working athletes, which is pretty true, isn't it? Oh, definitely. So many of us, uh, and you know what? A lot of the pros don't have that money either. No. Uh, many of us... Uh, four months anyway. Yeah. <laughs> four months later, I'll, be able to nice. I'll book that in four months from now, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, many of us have all sorts of toys, rollers, trigger, ball points, etc., to do our own recovery massage and stretches. But figuring out exactly what to do with these toys isn't always easy. Uh, AthletesTreatingAthletes.com is a website that provides blogs, posts, uh, and articles on various muscle groups to help you understand how the muscles work together how to best stretch those muscles, and how to massage them out to prevent injury and to promote recovery. The pictures where they draw on someone's legs to show you which muscles they work are simply fantastic, and I love the videos which demonstrate how to massage, how the massage works. So I'm going to put the website right check now. the sound quality. We don't want to have a, a muck-up like last week. No, it's, no, all, no. it's all good. No, no, look, you're right, John. Well, are you right? Let's have a pause. 
No, there were no sound problems. I just want to check last week we had a few sound issues at the end of the show. Yeah. AthletesTreatingAthletes.com. Okay, I'm going there, John. I'm going there. Um, I had a look there as well, and I agree with Bevan. It's a, it's a really cool site. Um, it is so, a really good site. They've got good detail, don't they? It's great. One of the things that I thought was really useful, if you click on the body resource map. Okay, body resource map. John, I'm clicking on it. Do you remember that site we had once? Where yeah, had the, the, the boobs. The naked people. <laughs> that was like the best of us. <laughs> this the same. This is not the same. I was so clicked and I thought. <laughs> the boobs were well out of proportion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Anyway, oh, why is what, it not working? It just takes a while. It just <laughs> takes a while. So what I'd, I'd recommend you do is click on the body resource map. Then that page is coming up right now. And then you can basically, with your mouse, um, over you can, okay, so uh, hang over hip. it. So you can click on posterior hip. Okay, and self-massage for posterior hip. And then it basically goes into a... Oh, what about lower back? I've got lower back right now. Um, I know, it's, it's, it's a site that's building, so it hasn't got all the different areas, but it's definitely got the legs, which is key, and, and, and your glutes and your, 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 your bum muscles. So hopefully when Bevan's page loads, you, you hover over... Hey presto, the page comes up. Hey presto, yeah. you're just like that. So it's and it's there's a lot of detail in there, um, but it basically goes through the muscle groups you're trying to work on. Um, shows you, it actually shows you with taped on someone's bum the trigger points. Yeah. So you can hit the trigger points, and then you can keep, just keep scrolling down. And then the key thing which oh. I saw is it's got a really good, it's got really good YouTube clips. And they, they go into good detail explaining exactly what you're trying to do. Um, they'll use foam rollers or balls or what have you. Um, so I just think it's a great resource that you can get on there. And, and uh... One thing to do on the homepage, for example, if you look at some muscle groups, is they actually draw... <laughs> I saw another one like that. Yeah, they draw the actual different muscles on your body, on the outside of the body, so you can kind of see you know, all the different muscles that are happening around the calf region, for example. And then or we're looking at the foot right here, so they've got like... Lateral medialis. Yeah, all these different muscles kind of just showing through. And so they can actually show you what you're actually aiming to. It's really good, isn't it? Yeah. And I only looked at one YouTube clip, but she just, the girl who was doing it just explained it really clearly, and it wasn't too over the yeah, top. Yeah, it's, it's was, not you know high-tech kind of information that's above us. It's, it's stuff that the layman like us can understand. Yeah. It seems like they're adding stuff there all the time. Um, and so I just think, you know, the, the, these rollers and trigger point stuff is really worthwhile stuff. You can just do it in front of the you TV. Uh, a little bit. Oh, it's quite regular. She had blimps away for a couple of days. Get sore. No, no. Um, I mean, I've got a roller. I've got a ball. Do you I've use got a, Yeah, I do. Um, and I've got a, a wooden back roller as well. It's just so easy to do um, in front of the TV. You just lie there and do you, you know just what? get. Sore. I love my Joe. Yeah. Yeah, because I've got a bit of sore back right now. She's giving me three massages three nights in a row. Wow. I know. I love her. What are you doing? To... What's your? I, I gave her a massage actually. Right. Yep, and, uh, and we're just going to stop there, John, because this is a family show, right? And uh, we're so anyway, professionals. That website is uh, it's athletestreatingathletes dot com. We'll put a link to that on www.iamtalk.me uh, today. And uh, thank you very much to Timo Brock because he knows we need help with that. P.S. Love the weekly podcast. They're getting me through my long runs. Keep running, mate. Keep going. Keep running. <laughs> run for us. Run. Run for us. Run. Okay. Uh, music and then he comes okay, the music. So here's uh, Jonas Colting. Good That's a good name, eh? It's a good name. That is a good name. Check out his website. Um, okay, what is it? I haven't seen it yet. What Colting is it? Dot S-E. Is it C-O-U-T-I-N-G. Dot S-E. And you'll, dot you'll, you'll like it. S-E, because I, like, yeah. I like design, don't I, John? Yeah. And granted, quite a bit of it is in um, Swedish, but he's got a uh, a little English 
section and you'll love this picture. It's great when the website comes The internet's up. slow today, isn't it, John? It is. um, oh, no. You see? You haven't put an L in there. Oh, uh, that's why. No, it's still wrong place. Great. Is it? Yeah? Oops. No, no Y. <laughs> just a T. Just a T. Yeah. Colvin.sc. I didn't know that the, the domain for Sweden was .ec. I learn something every day. Okay. Well, just that's not working either. That's right, isn't it? No, we'll put the dub 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 in. I'm sure that's the right website. Uh, did you know that SC was for Sweden? Do you know what it is for South Africa? Uh, SA. No. Z- oh. ZA, I think. Oh. Why is it not working? It's not working, John. It's gone down. Okay, wait. We're going to do a Google search. You keep, keep, we'll put the interview on. No, no, it's got no U, I don't think. Oh, the, it's got no, no U. C O L T I N G. Where do I get a U? Oh, that's a good website. You like that? Look at that. He's ripped. He's ripped. Go to Colting Triathlon. Colting Triathlon. Now we're, we're cooking with gas. Now, now we're cooking with gas. Look at that. Wonk, thunk, 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 and da. I'm sure it's English, but scroll down. The, the Swedes are beautiful, aren't they? No, not that I'm looking at Jonas and thinking he's a hot man or anything. <laughs> yeah, you are. Because I, I don't do that. But I worked with a few Swedes when I was in America, and A, the women are beautiful, but B, the guys just, they're, they're classy, aren't they? That's the thing about the Swedes. Yeah. They care about presentation. Scroll down. Us Kiwis. We're a bit rough around the edges, aren't we, John? There you go. Download information in English, PDF, one megabyte. There you go. Done that. Look at that. See, that's a nice presentation. That's how you present yourself professionally. You know what that looks like, John? Yeah, that is, isn't it? Yeah. Look at this photo down here. It's pretty cool. That is anyway, very cool. You guys probably can't see what we're seeing unless you're on uh, colting.ec. That gives you a reason to go there because we're talking about it. So there you go. Check it out and here comes Jonas. Okay, here's Jonas now. That photo there's a bit revealing, so we'll just, yeah, he's probably doing a bit of self-massage. Here we go. <laughs> okay, on today's show, we're very happy to have uh, Jonas Colting. We've, uh, we talked a little bit about him in our intro, and he is a two-time Ultraman world champion. He's been a multiple medalist at the ITU World Long Distance Champs, finished second to Cameron Brown at uh, Ironman New Zealand, as well as uh, many other top results. So welcome along to the show, Jonas. Thank you very much. Hey, um, you're he's also hungry. He's just he's, eating dinner, but we've, we told him he had to stop eating. <laughs> anyway, Joe, tell us a bit about Ultraman because um, that's really where you've you know you've you've obviously got two world titles there. Um, can you maybe talk to us a bit about racing over there and and how it's different to to racing, say Kona? Uh, I think it's it's completely different. Uh, I mean, it's it really is a kind of a minuscule event and uh, obviously the the competition and the <clears throat> the depth of the field is way 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 better and bigger in, uh, in the Ironman Hawaii but uh, I think a lot of people would be surprised as to as to how hard the Ultraman is you really have to do go a fair distance three consecutive days and the speed is I think relatively high uh, Accordingly to the distance, so it's a it's a very different event. Uh, you spread it out over three days, but it's also a low key sort of a grassroots field event. So the for me, it's always felt like the pressure is totally off. It's like a, a three day um, uh, sort of a, an adventure kind of race. Uh, people are very friendly. No one has their game face on uh, as they would for uh, for the Ironman. So it's it's just a very very different type of type of uh, race than the, than the Ironman but I thoroughly enjoy it How does your preparation for it differ you know it's, it's not as you said it's over three days and the distances are, are longer how would you how do you change your build up um, versus if you were just training for an Ironman 
<clears throat> well, I I think training for the Ironman for me would be harder because uh, it, it still includes a lot of the long distance stuff and as well as a lot of hard sort of tempo interval stuff. For the Ultraman, I usually just do sort of my normal long distance base training and I'll tack on a few extra. I'll be I'll be sure to swim a little bit more and I'll do a few longer rides. But seeing that it's so so late in the year, the bicycle, the base uh, in my legs from all the cycling will be pretty good. So I just need like a few of those, maybe three or four of those really long sort of six six to seven hour rides at a steady clip. So it really doesn't, it's not really that much different from just normal base training. I don't really, I don't really prepare for it. Like I see some other guys do where they go ultra sort of miles for month, for months and months and months. Uh, I just do, yeah, I'll, I'll just do my base training, which includes some, some faster stuff and some, uh, some strength as well as the long stuff. And then I'll just, you know, I just go there and hope, you know, cross my fingers and hope that I'm prepared. You're saying before it's a lot more kind of a friendlier atmosphere. Um, is the competition tough over there? Like, you know, is it, is it still really competitive? Well, the guys that are good at the ultra races will be there. So obviously the ultra triathlon scene is quite narrow. and uh, But the guys that do really well at those races will show up for, uh, for Ultraman. And, I mean, it really doesn't matter that much what the competition is you you have to put yourself through the distances and you have to be able to run 52 miles the last day so it's more like the old thesis for triathlon racing that you race more against yourself than than anyone else is really comes through for the ultraman that it's uh, you, you sort of measure yourself against everyone else once you're done and you can check out the results but when you're actually doing it it's you're just racing yourself out there on the fields Tell, tell us a bit about the course, you know, in terms of the terrain and, and um, especially on the bike and the run and also the conditions, are they hotter or colder or, or similar to what you, most people experience in Kona? <clears throat> well, this, the, the race starts uh, in Kona, same, same venue as the um, as Ironman race, so that's pretty cool. And uh, then you sort of swim out and you swim over to uh, Kiahu Bay, which is a... Uh, it's a six, like a 10K swim. And uh, it's, I mean, it's 10Ks. It's a fairly, uh, it's a long distance to swim in open water without stopping. You have a, you have a kayak or there are the paddles uh, alongside so you can get some drinks. But it, it really is a long swim. And then once you hit the shore, you, uh, you get on your bike and you have a straight uphill to get onto the Queen K Highway. And then you ride to the other direction than you would on the Ironman course towards volcano and that uh that first day is about 150k on the bike and it's uh it's very hilly you get up pretty high you ride alongside and then you ride all the way down to the ocean before you start the last 40ks which is a non-stop grind <clears throat> and the last time i did the race and won it was a it was a headwind for the last 40k which was extremely hard so uh so it, it, the, the good thing about getting on getting up on the elevation is that the temperatures get cooler so once you start hitting like 2,000 feet and above it's, it's, it gets nicer so it, it cools down and for someone that really doesn't like the heat uh, as myself it's, it's nice to uh, have a relief from the heat at that point so, so the first day is really tough the second day of the ride you, you go from volcano you ride sort of 
around the rest of the island, ending up in Hobie. And that that day also has a fair amount of climbing, and it's a it's a good 280k bike ride. So you really have to uh, uh, prepare yourself for about seven plus hours on the on the bike and uh, take it out. Yeah, I mean it's it's a bit of a downhill starting out, so it's a nice way to to, to get a few to get a few kilometers underway before you really start working. And then typically I'll just ride sort of defensively for the first half of that day, and then I'll ride hard from uh, from Hilo um, over the koalas, and you end up in uh, in Hobby. So that's that's been a nice feeling when you crest over the koalas, and you you know it's like a 10, 15k to the finish line. It's just downhill. And then the last day, I mean, people that have done the Ironman know what the, the bike course looked like. So it's basically a run from the bike course turnaround all the way back in into Kona. And that, and that Queen, K, Queen K Highway is probably, I mean, it's the, uh, it's the sort of starkest part of the island. I mean, the rest of the island is very beautiful and lush and green, but this part is kind of uh, <laughs> boring, if, if that word sort of... But it's desolate and it's it's very hard. The the conditions can really wear you down. So, it's uh, it's a mental head game more than anything doing that run. Um, so, and for the last day, I mean, you really get you really have to go get halfway before anything can start to to happen. So the, I I'll just I just cross my fingers and hope that I can get to the marathon point uh, without having any issues. And then it's a and then it's a battle from that point on. So it's a. It's pretty cool. You get to you get to circumnavigate the entire island. You get to see all these, uh, all these uh, nice scenery that you would normally not do during the Ironman. And how does the the organisation compare to say um, to Ironman? I mean, you mentioned it's, it's pretty low key, but is it a well organised race? Do you need to have your own support crew out there? Um, how does that sort of work? Yes, you do need to have your own crew because you're uh, everyone is going to be spread out a fair bit and. It really, it's, it's not really fair to compare the Ironman because Ironman is a huge, I mean, it's a it's a huge corporation, and this is and the, and Hawaii is their marquee event, and uh, it's 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 really two two completely different events. Uh, organization do a great job uh, of keeping it sort of low key and grassroots, and they're very keen on helping out with everything. And uh, but but you need to have a good crew, and uh, you need to because uh, you know they're the people that you're going to be relying on for the three days. Uh, they're the guys that are going to be serving you with drinks and food and rubbing your legs at night and you know putting you to bed when you're crying. <laughs> so you need you need to have a you know bring your your best friends over to uh, to, to crew out. So yeah. Do you have any uh, words of wisdom for maybe like an Ironman athlete who would be thinking about stepping up to the Ultraman? Mm, I would say, yeah, maybe uh, one year not do the Ironman and go for the Ultraman instead and just uh, for the experience. And I think for a lot of people it's sort of, it's revitalizing really. Uh, it's a, it, can, it can bring a lot of sort of passion back to the sport. And uh, this race, I think, hasn't changed a lot in the in the 25 or 30 years that it's been on it's very it's it's very sort of um the same whereas all the other races have really developed over time but the ultraman is it's uh, sort of true to the core uh true to their true to their roots and um so i would say you know go for it just treat it with a lot of the uh, you know go into the race being very humble and treat it like three very long training days and that's what i did the first time and that's that's sort of my uh 
that's the way I go about that race. I'll just treat it like a three-day sort of odyssey around Hawaii and, and three uh, long and hard training days. It's kind of like Epic Camp, really. Nice. There you go. We're just coming to Epic Camp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, we, we often uh, sit, sit in our chairs here and uh, talk about the, the state of the sport and the good and the bad things that are going on. Um, obviously, there's a few things going on with WTC that, that a lot of people are, are commenting on, either positively or negatively. H- how do you sort of see things going on at the moment in terms of the, you know, the long course racing scene? Uh, do you think it's uh, things are going well? Do you think WTC are really screwing things up? Um, what, what's your sort of um, take on on the current setup? Um. It's it's a it's a it's a hard question to answer, but I think the WTC does a really good job of spreading the spreading the Ironman and spreading the sport in terms of making it very global and making uh, putting on great races all across the globe, which is really good uh, for the sort of for the for the accessibility of the sport. Um, and we do have a, quite a few other series also making a mark on the on the global triathlon scene as the uh, the challenge series, um, which I know they're doing an excellent job. The TriStar uh, is a series that came on last year, and I'm I'm planning to do one of the races this year. Uh, and then we have in the U.S. we have the Rev Three series. So there's I think there are a number of competing series and organizers that also do a good job, and I think. For the WTC, the thing that I don't don't like, and I think that is that is a major problem, is that a lot of the prize money hasn't increased at all for 20 years. And I don't know whether, I mean, for a lot of the races, it's still 50,000 US dollars, um, and a lot of the new races that come in only have 25,000 dollars for prize money. And and I don't know any other uh, aspect of sort of of the business today that hasn't sort of where we're sort of salaries and stuff hasn't uh, increased since 1990 and that's that's kind of weird and I think the reason for that is that the professional triathlete as a group is is a pretty lame group everyone's fending uh, very much for themselves and there really uh, should be a sort of professional professional triathlon guild or a uh, Association for professional triathletes, uh, but you know it's it, it's hard. It's uh, uh, obviously um, uh, yeah, you know people people still do these races and and people <clears throat> do make money as a professional. But it really is hard when you know s- some of the races offer five thousand dollars in first place, and if you're a third place finisher, you're you know you're barely breaking even. And I think that's quite strange for a professional sport. So, I mean, Olaf Shabustas, um, one or two years ago, tried to get a sort of triathlon professionals union type thing going. I mean, um, and I'm pretty sure you are involved with that. How, why did that not sort of take off and was there a good feeling amongst the pros about that or, or what sort of stopped that happening? Um, I'm not sure what happened with that. I think it was a good initiative and I think the big problem is that... Um, Everyone has so much to do. Everyone has a lot on their plate, and everyone is making. You know, everyone is working really hard to make ends meet. And uh, I don't think this is a job for anyone still, still in the line of being a professional triathlete because that in itself takes too much toll. So I think this is something that should be developed by, you know, if, if, if maybe uh, a group of former professionals that still have a lot of interest and passion for the sport, and uh, someone that has a 
sort of a good organizational background in some sort and knows how to sort of rally up people and and, and how to uh, make an impact on the triathlon world. Um, I I was involved at one point, and that was around 2006 and 2007 when the ITU wanted to shorten their uh, long distance championship to a double di- to a double Olympic distance, which I was very opposed to, uh, as that would only be like a yeah, it would be basically like the Olympic distance race with the with the 20k run instead of a instead of a 10k run. So, and it you know it seemed to have worked because uh, for the past two years. Or actually, last year it was double Olympic. This year, the the World Championships and the European Championships are back to the 4K, 120K, 30K. As as will it be uh, next year as well? In um, on the silver rank course, they will also run the old ITU long distance uh, uh, sort of distance. So that's good. But I do think there is a need for professional athletes to organize themselves and work together and put some leverage and put some pressure on uh for instance wtc sa group but it's uh yeah i think it's hard people people are this is a very individual sport and people are more used to sort of fending for themselves and negotiating for themselves as well i mean you've done a good job of um well from, from the surface you look at your website it looks fantastic I mean, how have you managed to make, uh, uh, you know, you've been a pro for quite a few years now, how have you managed to make it work by obviously not racing that frequently, um, but uh, have you been able to make a good living out of it, or how have you made it work for you? Well, I, I think that uh, triathlon itself hasn't made me, it hasn't supplied the majority of my income for quite a few years now. I think the greatest thing for me um as a professional athlete is the knowledge that I've gained and the the sort of the process of training and everything which I have put to use in a lot of corporate projects uh, health projects and corporate coaching and corporate speaking as well as writing so that's what I that's what I make my living from most of the time which is nice as well because because anything that comes in from racing or sponsors is basically a bonus and it doesn't put uh, it doesn't put stress or forces me to race, and I've had periods <clears throat> over these 15 years that I've been a pro where I've actually ha- haven't wanted to race, where I just wanted to sort of take time off. I wanted to take time off every year, and I wanted to uh, any time that I feel that I'm not 100 percent, like if I feel some uh, lingering injuries coming on, I've always taken time off, and that's the the reason where uh, that I'm still in the game and that I'm still sort of healthy and and with good spirits about the sport. So. It's um, for me. It's been sort of developing uh, more avenues uh, through triathlon, and uh, mostly sort of, yeah, corporate speaking, uh, coaching, uh, not coaching individuals, but more sort of coaching groups and health wise, and then doing a fair bit of writing. And that's been that's been a great process, and uh, I have a triathlon to thank for all that. And maybe tell us a bit about your other ventures. You know, you've obviously got your um, tour of Sweden. Um, tell us a bit mm-hmm. about that and, and any other things. Uh, you know, I see you've got your cookbook. And uh, yeah. tell us about a couple of your, your ventures you've got going. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> yeah, I do organize a few camps as well. And my camps is, they're basically, uh, <laughs> well, it's I, I put them on basically to have people to train with, to be honest. And uh, <laughs> I wanted to do, I, wa- I always wanted to do a tour of Sweden from the south to the north. And uh, me and my uh, business partner will organize that, and uh, 
And uh, it, this, I mean, the long tour we did that last year, we're going to do it next year as well. It's it's a lot of fun. And I love this sort of, I like the bike touring concept where you actually go from point to point and we we put on a triathlon camp and we have a few swim camps and I, I put on running seminars. I have a running seminar now in Sweden and a few places where um, that I call the Naked Runner, which is sort of a minimalistic barefoot kind of seminar with running technique and um, barefoot running. Uh, so yeah, those things are uh, those things are a lot of fun. And next year we're for the tour of Sweden. We're changing the course um, slightly from from last year. We're uh, we're um, redoing a few of the stages, so we're having better uh, better roads and a few different towns that we're going to. So I expect it to be a lot of fun for 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 next year. But you know, for, from your own experience, you know that uh, it's it's kind of hard to do these tours and being the organizer as well. So. You got to be very well, very well prepared, and you got to be sure to not to not take it out too hard uh, in terms of physical effort. So, and it's got to be sort of yeah, you got to maintain a proper level sort of of sanity through through the through the tour, which was we didn't really make that happen last year. Where the last two or three days, it was you know bring me all the sugar and caffeine that is a, <laughs> just to get me through every stage, yeah. and. Uh, so it can be a little bit counterproductive at times, but the experience is is really awesome, and I look forward to doing these uh, sort of camps and tours uh, for for many years. And if people want to find out more about that, where can they go? Oh, they can they can check out our um, our website. They can actually go through me, colting.se, or we have a website called uh, to Sweden t o Sweden dot se, and it's linked from my website as well. And we're gonna we're gonna bring out some. Um, uh, newly updated information pretty soon for for 2011. We just we just did the five five day tour that we do around the southern part of Sweden. We just did that last week, and that was that was awesome. Although spring spring weather has been conspicuously uh, <laughs> uh, cold, unfortunately. So uh, yeah, I really think that's going to be a turnaround for, for soon. I didn't see your name popping up in, in too many results last year or, or the year before. I mean, what, what's your plans for this year? And um, yeah, fill us in. Yeah, 2008, I was fifth at the ITU Worlds, and that was the, the last race I did. In two, well, and then I won the Island Thailand race. And last year, uh, for some reason, I, I never got going really. And I did, I only did a few races, and I, I did win the Island Thailand race in Sweden, as well as uh, the survival of the Shangadanks triathlon in in new york usa but uh um, and i did a, a few other projects last year and i didn't i didn't force myself to race when i didn't feel like it but this year uh, my preparations have been really good and um i i won the super frog half ironman in san diego a few weeks ago yeah and, and uh my i'm gonna race the swedish duathlon championships in three weeks and after that i'm putting a lot of focus on the european long distance championships in spain and that's about seven weeks from now and then in the summertime, I'm going to um, uh, make an attempt to break the Swedish Ironman record at the, at the Swedish Ironman race in Kalmar, which is a race I haven't really done for. I haven't done that race since 1996. Uh, that year, I, I won. I won that race that year. Now the courses are comp- pretty different, and it's a very, very, very fast um, race. And I, and yeah, and there's there are a lot of good reasons for me to do it this year. And then. In the fall, um, I'm not sure uh, what I'm going to do. I'm going to race Ultraman again, that's for sure. And I might do 
Yeah, I might do one other Ironman and a few other half Ironmans. And then I'm doing Island to Island, of course, and Gordo is going to be my partner for this year, so that'll be pretty fun. Nice. Oh, nice. Hey, one, yeah. one final question I've got is um, you just mentioned there the European long-distance champs. We just had in our news earlier in the show um, WTC having a 70.3 European um, champs. What do you, th- you know, for the pro athletes and age groupers, what do you think is going to carry more prestige? Is it going to be the, the ITU or the ETU European champs, or do you think the, the 70.3 champs is going to carry yeah. more prestige? Well, I think really, you know, it's whoever pays the most for sure. And, but really, I mean, there is only, there are only, there is only two you know proper world championships in the world and that's the ITU short course and the ITU long course world championships and uh yeah obviously the ironman is the biggest race around but you know we can just imagine if there was you know if what if this millionaire guy puts on his own triathlon and calls it the world championship it doesn't make it a world championship uh, just because there is tradition or because there have there's a lot of prize money so um i think uh, we need to honor the 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 Sort of the championships that are around, and and uh, those are the ones, those are the races that the ITU organize. And um, I think there's a there is a danger of of sort of um, having too many world championships. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, you know, there's a 70.3 world championships, and we have the Ironman world championships, and we have the uh, ITU world championships, and there's ITU duathlon world championship, and there there, there is there's a danger where, where triathlon can sort of merge over towards where swimming is today, where there is so many world championships, long course, uh, short course, uh, wide course, who knows, you know, whatever course <laughs> you're doing. And that's not, and that's not a good thing. I think, um, um, well, you know, but obviously a race like Ironman is always going to be the big, the big one. And I'm not going to dispute that, but, uh, for me, uh, racing the ITU, uh, European and world championships is, is very, I, I really enjoy it, and they treat their athletes really good. And they're, um, it's an international race, and they, you know, the revolving venues and stuff like that. And uh, there's, yeah, as an athlete, I think it's easier to uh, race those races uh, as opposed to Hawaii, where you really have to sort of just adjust your, adjust to what the organization wants. So uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I, I don't think I'll ever put a big. Hawaii focus in my career, um, but I'll keep racing the ITU Worlds and European Championships. So uh, we always have three random questions that we chuck in at the end, and uh, John, you want to start them off? First one is, do you wax or shave your legs? Uh, ab- <laughs> ab- absolutely shave, absolutely shave. I tried I tried waxing, but uh, it didn't get all the hair away, and it hurt like hell, and uh, I got all these uh, sort of... Uh, I don't know, sort of what do you call it? Sort of uh, abscesses on my legs, you know, like small abscesses. I, I did not enjoy that at all. So I'm, I'm a waxer. Okay, second question is. Oh, no, sorry, I'm a shaver. I'm a shaver. I'm a shaver. Yeah, yeah. Uh, second question is do you use facial moisturizer? Oh, absolutely. It's a, it's a good thing to do, isn't it? Got, got to keep the skin smooth. That's right. Some would say it's silly not yeah. to. Oh, I, I always use I, I I'm a. I love. Um, skin lotion would be my first item to bring to a deserted island. I can't do it without the skin lotion. Nice. Love your work, Jonas. Love your work. And final one is, what if, you, if have you run a fresh marathon? And if not, what do you think you could run for a fresh marathon? Your PB if, if you win a fresh marathon with a good focused training. 
Yeah, I think I could do. Uh, it's it's something I've actually considered doing for quite some time, but I never had the sort of right uh, time frame to do it on. But I'm I'm pretty sure that if I put some focus into it, I could go um, to 24. Nice. Actually, that's what I that, that's what I that's what I uh, that's what I think uh, since. And that's what a lot of my sort of other times point to. And, uh, you know, I ran it, I ran 147 quite a few times or two times over the 30K in the IT worlds. And I ran 106.47 for the 20K when I was second at the Europeans nice. when it was a 20K run. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's, and that will be a test for the future maybe to run a marathon. But, um, um, yeah, it's not it's nothing I plan to do uh, right now. And, I you know... But you know who knows? A triathlete, you know, you could probably, I could probably lose maybe two or three kilos for just a running focus. But I don't know what the point is. But uh, so many people run sub two twenty four. You know, there are girls running nine minutes faster. So it's still pretty mediocre. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time, Jonas. Um, if people Thanks. want to find out more about you, they go to colting dot se, and um, yep. we'll have a link to the up there on our website this week. And all the best with your season. Thank you very much. Cool. So last week, we were actually doing one this week, and last week we had Albert, the fifth fastest marathon runner in the world, on the show, and, you know, like, you know, his result was amazing, wasn't it, John? It was a solid result. And and the Boston is the unofficial world championships, aren't they? uh, Yeah, I'm going to go with the the listener here saying, I don't totally agree. And someone someone was quite upset with my, my claim that Albert is the fifth fastest age group runner in the world. And the same person who was upset when, um, <laughs> what's his name, uh, said he could run a 2.12. Yep. Um, Rasmus Henning. Rasmus Henning. Uh, this person obviously gets a little bit upset. Yeah. May have to do with the fact he's a lawyer. No, I think the main thing that this person, the reason why this person's upset is because he's, he's overtrained and he's going down in the Christchurch Marathon. Oh, is he doing the Christchurch Marathon? Yeah. He's going to take off. And, and he's a pretty good runner, this guy, isn't he? He is. But what, what's it, what, what could he do? Could he take out John Newsom? That's the question. Well, Swanee. Oh, here we go. The name's coming out. Richard Swan. You, you just you just carry on just worrying about what we say, and then I'll, I'll still say hello to you at 35k mark when I just trot past you. What, what, what kind of time can he do? Well, we'll, we'll wait and see. He's got, he's got high aspirations. Let's put what, it that way. What's he talking? He's talking a big game. Is he? He's talking a faster game than me. Oh, really? So it's on like Donkey Kong. Yes. No, I wish I was racing. It's going down. Okay, well, after listening to the podcast, the point is that Gavin Cecil Stevens got that name right who will no doubt run his default time as a 2.32, is still in the top five or thereabouts in the age group marathoners in the world. Yes, Boston is a tough course, but your title is a little bit inaccurate and unfair to a lot faster guys like Cecil. And he's given a couple of results. Cecil, uh... We gave a result actually where like five guys went under 2.32 or something. Yeah, so Bevan, so your, your reporting was perhaps slightly inaccurate? But, well... Yes, I, I, I could maybe say my reporting is slightly inaccurate. But, 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 but there is a point. It was done in jest, I think, and I don't think you have to be a rocket scientist to figure out that I've done it in jest. So, Richard, just take a little bit of focus off that race. He's just a bit serious. You're getting a little bit serious about everything in life right now. Just, you know, go home, have a bit of self-massage, and you'll be sweet as. You need to rest up. I hear you're overtraining. <laughs> you're overtraining. He's overtraining. You're working hard as a solicitor, charging by the seven minute. Yeah. You know? So just go home, bit of self-massage, relax, and you may be able to figure out when I'm doing things in jest, because I do think Albert is the fifth best in the world. Yeah, 
So thank you very much for that, uh, Richard. Uh, good luck in the race. Um, yes. Just remind we should me. have a bet. What? Who's going to take out the race? Between you and Richard. Well, what, one, one thing that um, the Philinator and I suggest is we're having a private ballot. Uh, no, no, ballot's not the right word, but he, he wants to we guess each other's times, our own, guess our time. Oh, guess and the guess time. Person, put it in an envelope. It's a little competition. It should be like a bet on that. Mm. It should be a set, you know, $5, even just $5. We're poker night, tomorrow night, oh, yeah. poker night. Tomorrow night, poker night, poker night, and we have $5 each. Okay. Or something even better, like a deer. Mm. Yes. Okay, you can put your thinking hat on. Like, yes, um, yes. Conditions play a big part in Christchurch, so that's what... Yeah, and saying. it's a terrible time of year. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's basically winter. Yeah. You know, so you're doing a winter race, and it's hit and miss in Christchurch. So I'd say, I'd say that's a good... Potentially could be like three or four minutes, I reckon. So, John, course. John, you were talking about maybe doing Melbourne. Did you talk to Belinda? Yeah, that's not going to happen. Oh, it's not going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> we're doing the inside of our house. It's going to cost... Significant amount of money. Uh, so we're, we're the, the, the wait, we'll talk about that in a minute. We'll talk about that in a minute. Let's okay. go to sponsors. Sponsors. What's that? When's our new sponsor coming on? Well, he's coming on soon, hopefully. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. We, we, we'll aim for when we get our new website going. I Which think. in the next kind of ten days, I'm thinking. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about coffees of Hawaii, the fifth best marathoner in the world. It's true. <laughs> One thing that um you know. The, the, everybody, we keep getting emails in from people oh, we've saying, got one here again, haven't we? Yeah, but just saying the customer service, if, there, if there's ever any problems, um, and sometimes problems happen when you're shipping international. You know, and people you. are sometimes afraid of internet companies because they're worried about things not turning up. And but every email we have, people say, oh, I had a, you know, if, if I had the shipping, something didn't work right, the shipping, or last week we had Chance Barber saying he forgot to put a discount code, and anything like that, you just email them, you get an email straight back, and, uh, and they'll sort it out. So customer service is big. You guys can trust these guys, and remember, go through the imtalk.me page, click on the logo, it takes you through. And for our US listeners, and actually we've got this new graph that shows where our listeners are, we're big in Texas. Are we? We're huge in Texas, <laughs> we're, bigger than, we're bigger than Texas. <laughs> we're bigger than Texas. If you're in Texas right now, and you feel yeah. like some coffee, and you would if you're in Texas, uh, you can get, if you spend more than $90, so you buy a good order of it, then you get free shipping within the US and Canada as well. So, you know, it's a bit of a no-brainer. So then when you go to checkout, use free ship 10 code as you do that, and they'll FedEx it for you for free. But also check out our specials page because there's often a lot of Yeah, so go to www.imtalk.me and then click through to the special page on the link that we have provided there. And uh, it will rock on, John. Rock on, mate. And you'll be what caffeined you up. Kong? Yes, yes, rock on. No. No, no, there's one called Rock Out With Your Butt. Let's not go there. Okay. okay um, remember, the other good thing about Coffees of Hawaii, they give back to the community and they put 1% back into 1% the planet. That's really good. Because you know what? The planet needs... Well, you know what, John? I was watching this documentary, John, because yes. I get a bit I'm not. I'm, I'm not a major... I'm pretty greeny. I'm not a greeny, but the thing about me is I'm a tight bum... Mm-hmm. And so, because I'm that way inclined, I'm a greenie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't drive a car. Yeah. So except for today. Well, yes, because I go to Lincoln. Yeah. Yeah. So Can you bike out there. Well, I, I have to be there to eight o'clock at night. Right. And then That's biking enough. home. Yeah. yeah. So I would have biked out there normally, John. Yeah. Um, yeah I don't own a car. Mm-hmm. I don't really spend any electricity other than my computer. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know I don't really, and I eat from the earth. Nice. So I'm a greenie. Yeah. Yes. Are you a greenie too, John? Pretty, you are a green. I was impressed with your green efforts. Mm-hmm. I'm reasonably green. Yes, and, and yes, it's good. Okay. Uh, Coffee.com. Oh, yeah. Next sponsor is Athlinks.com. I'm going to pull up, John. You're going to start talking about it right now. Got it. I've got to actually update my results up there for um, your 15k. 15k. And remember, if you go on there, you can still get your free amino vital acid. 
just click on the outside of the page and you get on there. So one thing, one thing you can do with Athlinks is if you're looking, like I know there are gear websites, but one thing that's cool about Athlinks, you're actually talking with athletes doing it. And uh, for example, they've got the Nike Sports Band. Now, I haven't got one myself, but I'm actually thinking of getting one. It's, it's basically a cheap, automatic uploads to Nike website, uh, nice animations on the website. It's basically what it is, is it's, it's not a GPS, but it's a pace meter. Yeah, I think I've heard of it. And it's not exactly the person here. So who's done this? Um, Daniel Nemec, maybe? Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, (laughs) We'll go with that. We'll go with that. He's basically done a review on it. He says 60 bucks. So that's the advantage of it. It's a bloody cheap device. My flatmate's just got one recently, and she's loving it. You you plug it into a USB port, and then it uploads all your information to the uh, Nike website, and... On there, they'll then graph and show you what you've done. They have challenges, coaches' programs, and so on. Now, you're saying it's not as good as the Garmin. Obviously, mm-hmm. the Garmin is using GPS, but one of the things with, and you use your Polo, don't you? Yep, yep. But one of the things with those, they can cut out a lot, can't they? They can cut out. Which um, can be frustrating. forests and things like that. It, it, it will still give you a, um, it will triangulate, so, you know, where you enter the forest, and if it cuts out, then you come out the other side. So, bird's eye so view. if it's, if, it will probably just do more of, at least a straight line, so you may get. Um, shafted a little bit. How do you find it? Good. You yep. do find it pretty good. Um, good test for it this weekend. I'm going to be running the half marathon course. Uh, Great. Uh, which is nice and wide open, and I'll be using it as my pacing tool. I'm going to go do that about seven o'clock in the morning. So hopefully not too much traffic. So, so I imagine, I, like I haven't played with the Nike one, but um, good enough for people who want casual run who want to keep track of their runs. Doesn't work as well on most Sacconis, so obviously you need the point. The reason Bevan's bringing this up is these these are the sort of things you can put in. Well, that's what's great, you know. Like we've just had a really good discussion about a product that I'm considering buying. You know, mm-hmm. it's a cheap thing. I've gone to Athlinks to check it out, and so if you are looking at buying some product, you can actually go and do some research on the website and have a look what other people are buying. Um, you know, and it's just a really good resource that we can use. And and one thing, these things work when you contribute to it. So if you do buy new gear and you actually want to you know, see what people are doing, then you can you know, jump on there. And, and the other thing that you want to use is we've got our own talk page on, on Athlinks, and if you've got some piece of news or if you're fundraising for something, somebody sent through an email saying that they're doing like an Iron Month challenge and they're trying to do four Ironmans in a, in yeah, a, now, in a month or something. And those are the sort of things up. you can go on to athletes about and go onto our IM Talk page and actually if you're looking to promote yourself to, to do something just put a little post up there and that's what, why we've sort of got the page Well Suzanne Bert- Burton she's basically she's an athlete so I think she's a bit of a coach um, she's come up with the concept of trying to complete four iron distance races in a month within yep. training at least so to within 30 days to swim 9.6 miles bike 448 miles probably and run 104 miles within 30 days so it's a good little challenge for an athlete like I know a few years ago they had that one that you yep. kind of yep. signed up for um, and the follow through on I did, I did in the end did you get the t-shirt? yeah I did get the t-shirt oh, did you? Yeah, cast iron club yeah with, um, one and of you basically did a 10 Ironmans in a year didn't you? it was more than that wasn't it? oh it was something like 50 Ironmans I can't remember whatever it was yeah, yeah but I did it yeah, you know. Yeah, now. Um, but yeah, similar sort of things before our man's month. But this is this is the type of thing you can use athletes for if you want to promote what you're doing or get other people involved in, in activities you're doing. Go onto our IM Talk page, put a post on there, and you can hopefully get a bit of traction from that. And, and, uh, and if you want to check out Susan's uh, website, see what she's doing. Suzanne. It's called Suzanne. Oh, Susan. Suzanne. Sorry. Uh, PlacidAthlete.com. And remember, just keep all your results updated on it. Hey, John, well, it's a bit of a habit we've got into recently. Who's racing this weekend? Barbara Barbara McQuinn. McQuinn. Oh, here you go. Mossy Smith. Nice. Nice. Good. Uh, Michael Yeager. Look at that one. Go, Michael. Stephen, how's that one? 
Fursal. Fursal. Yep. Oh, the North Face 100, that's a big race. Luke O. Luke O. Nice. Matt Evans. So is that a 100k run race, is it? 100 mile running race. Oh. Good old Aaron Slur. Aaron Slur again. He's doing two races this weekend. Always oh, put it in twice. <laughs> Mike Johnson. Here we go. Michelle Bruce. Peter McLeod. And lastly, Andrew Jackson's going to be doing the Marshman. Athlinks.com, get all your results up there and all your tracking needs. Okay, uh, sponsors? Athlinks.com. Oh, results and tracking needs? You kind of did both bits. Sorry, didn't you? get copies of Hawaii. Get on there for the fifth fastest marathon in the world. world. I love your work, John. Okay, what else? What's the goss? What's the goss? So, wait a second. So, last week, I think John's a little bit more worried about his walk run strategy. Are you going to go for it or not? Well, no, I'm going to do two. Plan is now to do two marathons. Because so you're not, you don't trust it, do you? No, I trust it. I just, but I don't have a benchmark to work off, and that's what's consuming. I want to have a benchmark saying that's what I can do running. Then I want to go and say, well, so wait, you're going to run the first it? one? The plan is to probably run the first. I'm still doing run, walk, and training, so I'm trying to still figure oh, it out. Oh, so but then that, that puts questions out to me, John, because if you're going to run the first one, you know, run, walk, and training. Will that stuff up be running for the first one? I've got it under control. Oh, he's, under, he's a coach. I've got it under he's a coach. control. So the plan is now I'm looking for my second marathon, so I'm going to do two, plan to do two marathons. I'll do Christchurch, and then I'll either maybe do Dunedin or possibly Auckland. And if I go up to Auckland, I could probably take down Richard Swan again. So that could be, that could be, that could be motivation. <laughs> the snack talk is happening. So I'm going to do two. I'm going to do run, walk, and one, run, and the other. Try to have the similar level of fitness at both, and then I can say... Run walk was harder, easier, the same, more effective, faster. faster. Um, so marathon, that's Auckland's a harder marathon, but isn't it? A little bit. So you have to just factor that in a little bit. Um, but I think, I think like, the course is a lot more up and down. I don't think it's too bad, but I'm there are some climbs in. I know that. And I you know, go you've got to go to the bridge yeah. and stuff. So there are some climbs, but I don't think it's crazy hard. It's October, isn't it? I'll be uh, in Melbourne. I think it's like first week of November. I think uh, so, uh, around okay. about then. Uh. So that's the current plan to do that. Okay. And uh, what else happened in your life, John? We did a function last night. I can't. I, I, a I was, I was a bad, I'm a bad function example. Function on a on a Monday night. Yeah, yeah. What was um, it there for? It was just a small drinks and nibbles thing. For and, what? Um, for the Canterbury Community Trust. They gave us. They gave oh, because they gave money. you money, so you're keeping up appearances, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I took along William Hunter, listening to the show. He did the North Face Hundred the last year. Of the really? Year before. Yeah. Love it. It's, it's pretty hard work. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a hard, hard race. Okay. Anyway, I'm not good when free food is supplied. And I oh, John, I, I've got no control. And so I used to help William out with the program, and, and uh, I'm just sitting there, and people just walking past. <laughs> Obviously, they were just coming thick and fast. I'd have one piece of food in one hand, and I'd be grabbing another piece, just going, <laughs> and he's just sitting there going, what are you doing? <laughs> okay, anyway, we're giving money next to you. He's greedy, no, he's greedy. I eat all their food, but uh, that's about it. And then other than that, yeah, the reason why we talked about marathon uh, possibly doing Melbourne. We're doing the inside of the house, plastering and painting, and it's going to be. Are you doing yourself? No. Yeah, no, paper no. away. Yeah. Yeah, but it's expensive. So yeah. that's why I'm not going to Melbourne. Oh, really? Use airpoints. You must have crap over airpoints. Yeah, but that's, you get suckered into things when you use airpoints. You think, oh, it's not going to cost that much. But then you've got the hotel, your food. Oh, but I've got with a mate. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. Port I'm staying with you, I hope you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's no? been vetoed anyway. Okay. Well, John, you, I've got a question for you. It's not going to be like, Blinda showed me some of the bloody stuff you put on Facebook. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Would you rather your partner, like, masturbates or watches pornos or something like that? I'm like, what are you... Put things like that up there for. I was like, A, Blinda is dumb that you're reading. No, I said, she puts I said would you rather your partner watches porn or fantasise about someone you know? 
What would you? What would you? What? John? I'm not even gonna. Ask <laughs> You're not even gonna give it I'm the energy. Going there. Oh, no, my, my, this is the different was, question. Was that your big news? No, because no, that wasn't my big news, John. I keep it a bit more PC on. I am talking. Right. You've, you've taken me down that path today. Yeah. Okay. No. Is it okay to use your finger to lick the plate at the end of a meal? <laughs> Technically, probably not. I have a little thing that I do. Okay, what's your thing, John? Go into the kitchen. Got to make sure the plates are clean and done dishwasher. There's the old lick. And Thomas is busting me a couple of times now. He does it. Because the problem bad. is, John... It's not, not good manners. It's not, but what about at home if you misses it at the table? It's okay. Because last night we were having dinner, and Joe and I, we, we, we were in love and all this, yeah. it. But we, we're, fin- we're figuring out each other's quirks. Yeah. You know, yeah, as you do. And, and she just got a finger and just... No, <laughs> not at all, John. <laughs> not at all. I was playing with my fork. I'm very tactile. I have to be touching stuff. Yeah. And I've learned, because I educate a lot of people, that's actually a good thing when you're educating people. Don't stop them. It helps them learn better. Okay. But anyway... As I'm holding a pen, see, I'm holding a pen, playing oh, with you a pen. Stab me like that. Teacher got stabbed yesterday. Yeah, no, I wouldn't do that. Good. <laughs> and and so I finished my meal, playing fork. And she goes, "Can you not play with your fork?" I was like, "Oh, where'd that come from?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, okay, put the fork down." I put the fork down. It's all good. And then I start licking the plate, and she wasn't happy with the lick of the plate. And I go, "Why?" And she goes, "It's rude." And I'm like, "Really?" And I figure that you know, out for dinner with your mates, I wouldn't get my finger and lick my plate. Mm. But at home, is it okay? Yeah, I, I I would tend to do it away from. The See, there's in, rules in the you can break. I there's... would go into the kitchen and then start whipping up a storm. <laughs> yeah. Do you look everyone else's place in? Uh, <laughs> it does. Depends what, <laughs> depends what you have for dinner. Hey, you but if you kiss Belinda, you can lick a plate. Yeah, it's my yeah, theory. Right. You know. So one time, food etiquette. Just a quick one before we go. I know we're we're waffling it's on. A long show today. I used to go out with this girl called Raylene. Her mother was. A lovely enough lady, but definitely had her way, and you had to always listen to her. She was very mm-hmm. a kind of a dominating character. And she came around to my house, and at her house, you did things her way. If yeah. not, you knew about it. She came around to my house one day. I'll show you, you thought. Yeah, yeah. And I drank milk out of the bottle. Yeah. Do you drink out of the bottle at that home? That is a no-no. You don't do that? That is disgusting. Why? No. No, okay, well, I do. So I drank milk out of the bottle, and she goes, Bevan, you do not drink milk out of the bottle. I grab the milk, pick it up a swig, <laughs> and I go, it's my house. <laughs> There was one for me. I won. Nice. That relationship didn't last. No. <laughs> you didn't like me. Iron Man took over. <laughs> it's over. Okay, then. Let's wrap it up. Iron Russ. Iron Man don't. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.